That picture looks much better on the computer screen. It looks sort of like an apple with a bite taken out of it from my seat. But that's supposed to be a heart in that person's hand. Before I get into the lesson, I do want to remind us that, you know, there has been a lot of tragedies that have taken place in the last year and two. And there's been a lot of difficulties that we've had to live through. And I just want to remind us that in the days of Noah, the imagination and thought and intent of man's heart was only evil continually. And when we look at our society today, we sometimes wonder how much worse could it be uh, than Noah's day? What I want to remind us is that we're in this world and we have no promise of a good life here. Our promise is in heaven. And as we're, while we're here on this life and this earth and living our life, the Lord's given us a responsibility to let our light shine so that we can make a difference in this world and hopefully we can save souls that are lost. The love of God is uh, missing and sometimes it might be even missing in our own lives. Uh, so we need to realize that we have a responsibility to let that light shine. And it is still possible that even in the wicked days of Noah, Noah was still a just man. And he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the same can be true with us today. That we can be that light in the community. Help those that are in need. Watch what we say. Watch what we do. Remember that there's little people listening young people that are listening, and there's a lot of hate that's going around in our world today. Don't let that hate be exposed in your life. Don't have it in your life. This morning I want to talk about God knows our heart. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 2 it says, All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. There are times that people can deceive themselves. They can deceive their fellow man. There may be things in your life that no one knows about, only you. And there are times that the Bible warns us to not to deceive ourselves where we think that all is okay. Because we look at our life and we say, well, I'm better than so-and-so, or I'm doing more than so-and-so, or, you know, whatever it may be. We need to look at our lives and realize that we, there are changes that need to be made. We need to make those changes. And don't deceive ourselves into thinking that all is okay. And sometimes with the passage that, that was read for us, uh, from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, I think that sometimes we look at that verse and we say, well, you know, what's on the outside doesn't matter so much. It's what's on the inside. That God looks at our heart. And because he looks at us, our heart, he knows my good intentions. And so we do things, we say things, we practice things that we know that we really shouldn't be doing because it's contrary to God's word. But yet we'll argue, God knows my heart. Sometimes we need to obey the gospel, and we know that that's what the Bible teaches that we need to do. But yet, God knows my heart. Sometimes we want to date and do things that we shouldn't be doing. But God knows my heart. There are so many things that we could look at, and I could mention, that we look at and say, well, God knows my heart. Think about the way we may dress. It's okay. God knows what's on the inside. Isn't that what he said about David? God knows our heart, and sometimes that heart is revealed to others by what we do on the outside. How we live our lives, the things that we say, the places that we go to, and the things that we do. You see, our faithfulness or lack of faithfulness is known by God. God does know our heart. And yes, it is important that we realize that He knows our heart because 
Look at these following passages of verses or scriptures that we're going to look at. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 21. Listen to what it says. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all of his goings. There is nowhere where we can go that God doesn't know that we're there. And God is watching where we're going. He knows our motives. He knows our desires. He knows why we're there. And he knows whether or not we're doing his will or rejecting it. And we can deceive ourselves into saying, well, I've done most of it or I've done part of it. Well, so God, you know, he, he, he knows. He knows I'm a good person inside. Yes, God does know. Because it tells us there that he's ever before us or we're before him. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. I, I think that's a great passage of scripture. Because a lot of times we look at God and we think that he's only watching us for the evil or the bad things that we do. And he's like a, a, like the, you know, like a mom with a, a switch or a fly swatter just waiting to come after us. God's not like that. God is loving. God is long-suffering. God is patient. But I want you to notice that not only does he notice the bad things that we do, God also notices the good things that we do. And isn't that where we want God to find us? You know, we talk about a lot of people, you know, having health issues and, and, and passing from this life, from the pandemic. And, you know, and one of the things that I, I've heard repeated multiple times by different people, and I've said it myself, shouldn't we be ready to go at all times? Why do we need to fear some of those things that are out there if we're ready to go? Brethren, if we're not ready to go, then we need to be afraid and we need to make changes in our lives. Because that's what the Bible shows us. God warns us and we know that he's patient. But those patients are going to run out just like they did in the days of Noah. In Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 12, The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. You know, many times in this life, we see things that we want to do. And sometimes as young people, we say, well, everybody else is doing it. Why can't I do it? And maybe we don't understand the wickedness or see the, the bad things that can happen or where it could lead to. But God knows. And when we get involved with those things, when we practice those things innocently or on purpose, they put our souls in jeopardy. And God tells us that the wicked may prosper, but they're going to fall. They're going to answer someday, just like all the rest of us. We're all going to answer. And God knows. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. You know, in this particular context, Jesus is dealing with some that were condemning his disciples because they were eating without washing their hands. Now, how many of the moms that are here have, got, have, have, have uh, got on their children that you need to wash your hands? You need to wash your hands before you eat. 
Now, I don't think Jesus is saying you shouldn't practice hygiene, that you shouldn't wash your hands. But I think that he's showing us that sometimes we get caught up with the things that aren't so important and forget about the things that truly are important. Because the things that go into our hearts, the things that go into our minds, defile us. And as I said earlier, you know, sometimes we need to watch our mouths. And sometimes we need to watch the stuff that's on television that others are hearing. Because it has an impact on their lives. And as it says there in that passage, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. If you ever got in an argument with someone or had a disagreement and you said something that you regretted, that when it was said, you wished you could reach out there and grab it before it got in their ears because you knew it was not the right thing to say. Jesus is saying that that's, that came from your heart. And so when you say, I didn't, I didn't mean it, well, you did mean it when you said it. And Jesus says that it comes from your heart. And so be careful what you allow to go into your mind, what you allow to go into your heart. Because it's going to affect the life that you live. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There's no place on this earth that we can go and hide from God. You can go into the deepest cave, God's there. You can go to the highest mountain, God's there. You could travel into some uh, wilderness area that's totally covered up with trees and, and vegetation, God's there. You can go in your room and hide in a closet, God's there. God knows everything. He's everywhere. So, yes... He knows our heart. He knows what we're doing. Luke chapter 8, verse 17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. So those little secrets that you have that you don't think anyone else knows about, God knows about it. Those things that you've hidden from someone that's close to you because you don't want them to know it, God knows it. God sees it. So yes, God knows our heart. Even those good things that we may do that we don't want anybody to know about, God knows it. And he sees it. So it's not always a bad thing, or it doesn't have to be looked at as a bad thing, that God sees everything. Because he can see the good that you do. But knowing that he sees the bad should help us to avoid those sinful things that we may be tempted to do. We must realize also that our heart tells us who we really are. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so the Bible shows us here that our heart reveals what's important to us. Is it the possessions that you have? Is it the stuff that you have here on this earth? 
Is that more important than laying up treasures in heaven? Because you see, we want to go to heaven. That's where we want to go. And Jesus tells us of how important it is that we lay up treasures there as opposed to here on this earth. The love of money is the root of all evil, and we need to understand that. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having possessions. But do we allow those things to get in the way of our love for God? You see, in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Notice he didn't say with 90% of your heart, 90% of your, your heart, uh, soul, and 90% of your mind. He said, with all. You, you, you're, to, uh, you're, you're to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Our actions show us what's important in our lives. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34 through 37, Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What's he telling us? We have to love God more than we love our family. Now, I love my family. But the question is, do I love God more? And sometimes our actions reveal who we love more. Is it God or is it family? Jesus isn't saying don't love your family. He's just saying God has to be first. That we have to love him the most. He's deser he deserves it. You see our actions sometimes can reveal something else in proverbs chapter 3 and verse, verses 1 through 2 it says my son forget not my laws but let thy heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee how many of us look at that passage of scripture and say oh really is that true does God's word, does God's law lengthen my days? Do they give me peace? Do they bring joy into my heart? Does God's word do that? I think that we can look sometimes at, at, at Christians and we can see that some that look so young are a lot older than you think. Because I always say that to Mike when he's like doing the average age of the congregation. You know, during that annual report, I always say, are you sure? Because I know how old some people are. And they don't look like they're that old. And I attribute that to doing what God's word tells us to do. In fact, there's a denomination that's out there that, that one of the things that they uh, point out is that their godly living or their so-called godly living is what leads to their long lives. And their lives are very long. They have longevity in that denomination. 
God's word will help us to have that peace. Because we live in a world that is full of turmoil. Every week something happens, it seems, that tops the, the last week. We go through personal situations ourselves. God's word can give us peace if we will heed it and obey it and listen to it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Do we trust God? You know, we hear his word. We see what we're supposed to do. How many of us say, well, I know that's what it says and I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But he knows my heart. And I just can't do those things. Why do you think God tells us to do those things? Because it's for our good. And the question is, do we trust him? Or do we try to lean on our own understanding? As opposed to leaning on God. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and healeth their health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You think about that. God's word helps us to whatever we're going through. Have you ever seen someone that suffered some terrible loss in their life? And they had no faith. They didn't know what the Bible taught. Where do they turn? How do you encourage them? It's tough. That's why God gives us what we have. So that you and I can have peace. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 8. The wise in heart will receive commandments. But a prating fool shall fall. You want to be wise? then listen to what God's word says. The wise man in the parable that Jesus gave or the wise man and the foolish man, the wise man heard and did. He built his house and his house stood firm. The foolish man heard, but he didn't do. He built it his way and his house collapsed. The Bible says, and great was the fall of it. Brother, how devastating will it be on the day of judgment when we built our house by our standards as opposed to God's standard. And I'm not talking about our physical structure that we live in or exist in. I'm talking about our spiritual structure, our spiritual lives. Do we trust him? Are we wise to receive his commandment? Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doing. God searches the heart. He knows what's in our heart. He knows our motives. He knows our desires. He knows our weakness. He knows our strength. He knows all about us. He searches it. Every single one of us. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me. When ye shall search for me with all your heart. We search for God. What does it say in Hebrews? 
that we diligently seek him. What does that mean? Does that mean that we go about it haphazardly? Does that mean that we sit back and wait for the preacher to tell us what we need to know? Does that mean that we listen to some program on the radio or the television and they tell us what we need to know? No, that means we need to be searching the scriptures. And like the Bereans, we need to be searching them daily so that we can understand what the Lord wants us to do. So we seek God, and it's to be with all of our heart, not just haphazardly. In Psalms chapter 19 and verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let me ask you, what do you meditate on? What do you think about in your life? What, is the, what occupies your mind more than anything else? Is it what's on some program that's on cable or, or on the TV? Is it work-related? Or is it God's Word? You wake up in the morning thinking about God? Do you go to bed at night thinking about God? How often do you think about His Word and what He teaches us throughout the day? What do we meditate upon? In Psalm chapter, one, or Psalm chapter 51, and verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, David wrote that psalm, and it was at a time when he had sinned with Bathsheba, and you know that he had Uriah the Hittite killed in the battle. And so he was guilty of murder, guilty, guilty of adultery, and try, trying to cover it up so there was lies and deceit and all of those things. And as I mentioned in Bible class this morning when we were talking about sin, you know, sometimes you know, maybe, maybe you've been stuck in your clothes for several days. And after about the second or third day, if it's really hot, then those clothes start feeling kind of sticky and kind of nasty. But you don't have anything else to put on. And so you keep wearing those things. And you may wear them a week. You may have to wear them a long time. I'm sure if you've been in the military, you know what that means. I've I've done a backpacking. You don't, uh, if you go backpacking for a week or two, you don't pack a change of clothes for every day of the week. But I do know that when I came out of the woods, the one thing I wanted to do was to get those nasty clothes off and to take a shower. I knew what it meant to be cleansed. And guess what? When I got out of that shower, I didn't reach down and put those dirty underwear back on. I didn't put those sticky, nasty clothes back on. I wanted something fresh. And that's what God can do to us or do for us. He can cleanse that dirty, nasty soul. That heart that's not right with God, he can cleanse it and make it right. In Psalm chapter 86 and verse 11, Teach me thy ways, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Psalms 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Life is short. I don't know what it is about this time of year. You know, I always kind of think about how fast the year has gone. It seems with some of the tragedies and some of the uh, uh, adventures, you might say, that we've had to go through over the last couple of years, sometimes those months seem to drag on. But it still goes pretty quick, doesn't it? 
And the older we get, it seems it even goes faster. Life is short. And so we need to remember that to number our days and apply our hearts to the things that God wants us to apply our hearts to. Because we're all going to come to an end on this, in, on this earth. And we're all going to give an account of our lives. So doesn't it make sense that while we're here, that we would apply our lives to what God wants it applied to? In Psalms 119 and verse 2, or verse 10 through 11, it says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What separates us from God? Sin. What's the best protection that we can have? The word of God. We put it in our heart and use it to defend ourselves against God. We put on that whole armor that he's given us. That whole armor that we're to go out into the world with and uphold God's word. To be that standard that God wants us to be. As David or as uh, <clears throat> Samuel said in Psalms chapter or First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen and verse seven, but the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Looking at David, he didn't look like he'd be a great king, but God said he would. God sees what's inside. And sometimes, as I said, what's on the inside gets reflected on the outside by the life that we live. In Joshua chapter 22 and verse 5, it says, and take, But take heed, take diligent heed to do the commandments of the, and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. God's people were being encouraged to love God. When you love somebody, you put your best foot forward. When we love God, we're doing the best that we can to serve him. Yes, he knows what's going on. He knows our lives. He knows our hearts. But our heart need to, needs to be right with God. He can cleanse it. He can renew it. He can make it whole. But we have to refuse to sin and follow his commands. And so do we place earthly things before spiritual things? That's one of the things that sometimes we see. You know, we say that we've got God first. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Put God first. Oh, yeah, sometimes we say, well, I tried that. I tried that once and it didn't work. Well, maybe you need to reexamine because maybe you really didn't do it. Remember, the heart can be deceitful. Remember, sometimes we want to trust our own ways, our own understanding, as opposed to putting our trust in God and doing what God tells us to do. God doesn't fail us. And sometimes we put our ways ahead of his ways, and there's where we fail. And then we say, well, it didn't work. That's because we didn't totally commit ourselves 
to God. You see, our hearts have to be trained properly or we'll reap the and we'll reap the consequences of what's in our heart. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, For if after they escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the ways of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened at, unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again in a sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. God is warning us there that we can go back into the world. And there's going to be consequences for that if we do. That once we've been escaped that sinful life, escaped that, the bondage of Satan, once we've gotten out of that, we've made a commitment to our Lord. That we're going to live faithful and we're going to live a faithful life unto death if that's what it takes. And we're going to be faithful to him. And when we go back into the world, we're in a worse condition than we were to begin with. And that's what we need to remember. We don't want to go back. We understood why we got out of that sinful world and we don't want to go back into it. And sometimes we want to go back. Because we haven't done the things that we need to do to cleanse our heart, to renew our strength. So what can I do if my heart has not been right with God? Well, as a Christian, we see in Acts chapter, six, or Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 18, that Simon the sorcerer had been converted He'd been baptized into Christ. He was a child of God. He was a Christian. And listen to what it says. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money and saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. For thy, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Notice the situation that he was in. It was his heart that wasn't right. There was something wrong. He, he, the heart revealed through his actions what was in it. But his heart was not right in the sight of God. Verse 22, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in a gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. What was he told to do? Repent and pray to God. My friend, if you're a Christian, a New Testament Christian, and your heart's not right with God, then you can do what he had to do. You can repent. And that means change your life. And you can pray to God and ask his forgiveness. It tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verses 9 through 10, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us <clears throat> from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. What a blessing it is to know that when our heart's not right, we can straighten it up. And God doesn't expect us to be up and down, back and forth all the time, in the world, out of the world, back in the world, back out of the world. He expects us to be faithful. But he also realizes that we sin. And when we do, he's made a way that we can come back.
If you're not a child of God, then the Lord tells us what we need to do to have our sins washed away. And that is to believe and be baptized. <clears throat> Baptism is for the remission of sin. As I said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And also in, in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Our sins can be washed away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But as a Christian, we also need to realize that we're to avoid certain things. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. <clears throat> there are temptations that are out there. The temptation is not the sin. It's when we give in to the temptation. And sometimes we want to get as close to that sin as we possibly can and hope that we're not going to step over. We are to avoid sin. That means to stay away from it. Don't do it. Realizing what sin can do to us. Knowing that God sees every move, everything that we do, our, our thoughts, our the intent, all of it. He sees it all. Nothing is hidden, hidden from him. So allow him to see the good in your life. And the desire that you have in your life to serve him by being obedient to his word that he has given to us. And so, the question is, do we really want the Lord to search our hearts today? You know, we may excuse ourselves and say, the Lord knows. Well, he knows your heart, but he knows your motives too. He knows your intentions. He knows whether you're making an excuse. He knows all of those things. So let him see the good in your life. And commit yourself to doing his will. And if he looked at your heart today, what would be the results? Because he does know what's in your heart today. If you'd like to respond to the invitation, you have that opportunity. You have that opportunity to come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have the opportunity as we stand and sing.